Hey there guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of The Zeke Said So Show. This is the one and only show where we talk about all things movie news, video games, comic books, and all that sorts of good stuff. And we are just going to get started. Uh, we're going to, uh, got a few, couple of few announcements, but first, I just got to let you guys know something, okay? The other day, um, uh, like a week ago, I had ordered this, uh, a, a new poster, which is going to be the centerpiece of my new... Because I wanted a poster for the centerpiece of my background, you know, um, when I start making YouTube videos again. Um, uh, and I wanted to get a poster for the the, the background. And so I, I got out online and I bought, a po I bought the poster and uh, it is a, it is a poster, it is the uh the mum the mummy 1999 poster um and for those of you wondering it's actually the one with the the giant sand face above the pyramids um so i i got it right behind me right now actually and it looks pretty freaking cool like i'm i just i'm looking at it in the mirror it just just looks so great you know one of these days i'm gonna film a youtube video and i am going to show you guys basically the bat well, you guys, you guys will see it behind me when I make YouTube videos. But anyway, we're gonna start talking about some uh, talking about some movies and TV shows, and video games, and all all that other good stuff. And I'm um, gonna start off with a couple announcements. Number one, there's a brand new episode of Throwback Thursday. Uh, me and Robert the Ghostwriter Martinez are sitting back, and we are talking about the Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Uh, now, I did give you guys a fair warning that there's a lot of cursing in that episode, so be prepared. <laughs> um, but it's a really good time. I definitely would recommend checking it out. Then we have uh, a brand new episode of Avatar The After Show, uh, episode number 13. We are reviewing that. Um, episode 14, 15, and 16 will be coming in the following weeks. I'm actually going to record... Actually, I'm going to record four more episodes of the show um you know this weekend so um at least i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to do all those things by uh by the weekend um and then we have uh, a brand new episode of the web slingers podcast all we're doing on this episode is uh answering your fan questions so um it's funny like literally like two days after the web slingers podcast went up on the podcast feed um a movie news segment that we're going to talk about is uh, the Candyman director, Candyman reboot director, uh, is has been attached to direct Captain Marvel too, and I'm just like, dang, this is when I wish I did it. After uh, this is when I wish I'd uploaded them on Fridays, so I would talk about it on the Web Singers podcast. But whatever, I'll talk about it on on the next episode of the Web Singers podcast. But let's get into the movie news topics um and uh we're gonna start with the first movie news topic and that is john wick 5 has been confirmed and uh they have announced the studio has announced that they are going to shoot john wick chapter 4 and chapter 5 back to back um now this is interesting for a couple reasons one i know john wick had john wick chapter 4 has not started production um, I know they were about to start, and then the whole, you know, COVID-19 pandemic started, and then we just ended up 
they just ended up shutting everything down. Um, but now they're gonna. It sounds like they're gonna start production back up in 2021, um, and I am actually very excited about this. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people are thinking, well. John Wick Chapter 3, they should have just ended it after Chapter 3. A perfect trilogy right there. I say, if you have a good idea for a sequel, which this is coming off from somebody who wrote... When when I was in 8th grade, I wrote a series of uh, novels. Um, never got them published because they're horrible. Horrible. Um, but I, I like wrote a series of... A book series when I was in 8th grade. And originally, the plan for that book series was to stop after two of them. Uh, it was part. It was going to be uh, the first one, and then the second one, and then that was going to be it. But then I had the idea to do a third one. And then while I was writing the third one, I actually had an idea for what a fourth and final installment could be in this series. Um, I used quotation marks there. But basically... I say if you're a creator and you have a good idea to keep going, then why not do it? And really, have the John Wick movies let us down yet? No, because John Wick 3 was freaking awesome. I almost swore, but John Wick 1 was cool. John Wick Chapter 2 was even better. And then John Wick Chapter 3 kicked it up a notch even more, you know. Um, and I have no doubt that John Wick Chapter 4 and 5 will elevate it as far as not just action but also as far as a story and a character level goes because i think one of the things that john wick the john wick franchise has done so well is really um take the character of john wick is going on this very interesting journey um uh, as a character you know and I, i i like that i think it's um i think it's actually pretty interesting um so i say go for it if you have a good idea for a fifth movie then go for it heck if you have a great idea for a sixth movie go for it you know just you know my problem here's my problem if you're just doing it as a way to oh that made that makes us money so let's just do another one um then it gets repetitive because that's what killed um uh what was the dang i can't even remember well I'll give you an example. That's what killed the Transformers, the Michael Bay Transformers movies. Transformers 1 was awesome. Transformers 2 sucked. Transformers 3 was a little better than Transformers 2. Um, but to a lot of people, they didn't like it. But I love it. I think it's my favorite of the Michael Bay Transformers movies. Uh, and then you had the fourth one, which was an abomination against humanity. Still made a lot of money, but abomination. But it's by the time they got to the fifth one is when people said, Nah, thanks. I'm done. Um... And that's the thing, if you're, if you, my pro, my problem is when you're just cramming sequels just for, cramming sequels just for the sake of making more money. If you have a great idea for a sequel, then you do it. And there's a reason why the Terminator movies, why the Terminator sequels after T2 have not been great. It's because... There wasn't that creative creativity. You didn't have the creativity of James Cameron going, oh, I have a great idea of how to continue the story. 
You know, you just had a studio that was like, ooh, Terminator 2 made us a lot of money, so let's just make a third one, and let's make a fourth one, let's make a fifth one, and now let's just scrap the the last three that we made, and let's make a, let's, let's go ahead and make Terminator Dark Fate, which was an abomination against humanity. So, again, my thing is, if you have a great idea for a fourth and fifth one, why not? If you, if you do. Um, now, again, we don't know. We could end up seeing the execution of John Wick Chapter 5 and think, oh my gosh, they should have just stopped after 4. But honestly, I don't want to say that John Wick Chapter 4... Uh, I don't want to say that this is a bad idea because when have these directors let me down? Like, when have they honestly let me down? Even with their movies outside of John Wick. You know, you had Chad Stileski, um Oh, what did Chad Stileski do? I know David Leach directed movies like Hobbs and Shaw, um, which, by the way, Hobbs and Shaw, I don't even care. Best movie in the Fast and Furious, uh, well, yeah, best movie in the Fast and Furious franchise, never mind. Um, I was going to say number six, but I think I like Hobbs, I think I can watch Hobbs and Shaw over Fast and Furious 6. Um, John Wick. Oh, der. Funny thing is, when I uh, when I started typing in uh, director, I started uh, put I, I put the word I put the the letter D, and the first thing that came up was John Wick's dog. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! That is so cool. Um, let's see, director filmography. All right, let's. Take a look at this, guys. Um, okay, well, my computer is acting really stupid right now. Anyway, I can't pe- I can't figure it out. But I know David Leach. Is his name David Leach? Ugh, dang it! What? What kind? Why can't I just? figure these guys names out hang on a second guys i gotta look this up that that really uncomfortable moment when your phone is faster than your computer uh let's just let's take a look here okay yeah david leach yeah david leach is uh the director. So, you know, let's take a look at some of his movies, okay? Take a look here, all right? Uh, started with John Wick. Then he did uh, the Deadpool short that was released in 2017. Then he did Atomic Blonde. And then he directed Deadpool 2, uh, Hobbs and Shaw. And so he, he just went on and did a bunch of movies after that. Um, and then Chad Stileski, who, who's the main main director um you know he he got you know that the john wick movies were his start and he hasn't directed anything other than the john wick movies but you know he was like an assistant director on captain america civil war i think um i think even um the russo brothers talked about it in the commentary how uh they talked about how the john wick directors kind of helped out shape the action sequences of civil war which by the way, the the action in Civil War is the best action in any of the MCU movies. 
Uh, just saying. I know Avengers Infinity War is awesome. Captain America the Winter Soldier is pretty cool. But as far as action goes, Civil War has the best action sequences in the entire MCU. I mean, come on. Nothing has... No action scene... May... I don't even know if the action scene at the end of Endgame was able to top the airport fight of how just amazing that fight was, you know? Um, I love the final battle in Endgame, but anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this. I really can't wait. Um, so yeah. Alright, now we're going to move on to the second movie news topic, and that is this. We've seen a lot of movies choosing to put their movies straight to VOD um maybe because they don't they don't believe movie theaters will be open or they've sunk too much money into marketing um and the next movie to be uh taken out by streaming is Mulan now Mulan was supposed to be released in March of this year in theaters um in fact actually fun fun fact I have a uh a friend who was who was a um who you know is a journalist out in LA um and he uh he he invited me to be his like plus one for the for the press screening of Mulan uh and uh and I was going to go see it and then they canceled it because they had pushed the movie they had delayed the movie um so now Mulan is going to be released on Disney Plus for an additional $29.99 charge. Well, $29.99 charge. You guys know what I mean. Um, and then this comes after a lot of other movies like Bill and Ted um, deciding that they're going to put their movie straight to VOD. Um, and it really also came out of the fact that a lot of movies that were supposed to come out in April and May decided that eh, we're just going to put them straight to streaming services um, and try to recuperate as much money as we can. Um, I believe uh, the movie The Lovebirds did that, um, which, by the way, not a good movie. Horrible movie. Um, Trolls World Tour did that. Never saw it. Scoob did it. Horrible movie. Um... But then you had movies like Extraction, which I know Extraction was never meant to be in theaters, but man, I would have loved to have seen it in theaters. Um, and yeah, it it would have been really it would have been really interesting. Um, I think uh, I think look, are they are they charging too much for it? Yeah, they are. Thirty dollars is is a lot for a movie. Um, but you know what? Here's the thing. Okay. Mulan, according to what I've read, Mulan has like, Mulan's budget is over $200 million, which is insane. By the way, it's not going to recuperate all that money back from this whole Disney Plus thing. It's absolutely not. Um, it's going to basically here's here's what's gonna happen, okay? You this movie's gonna come out, people are gonna buy it, but then they're gonna be inviting their friends over because a lot of their friends aren't gonna want to buy it for thirty dollars, you know? Um, so as I I don't really believe that this movie will make its money back. Um, 
they're going to take a massive loss on this. And, but they have no choice. I, I, I know the studio was... I know Disney was really wanting this movie to come out in theaters. But what choice do they have at this point? They can't just push it back any longer because... Uh, 2021 is just so crowded at this point. You can't push it back to 2021. They don't want to wait till 2022. So they're just... And then November and December are going to be... They don't even know if the movie theaters are going to be open by November or December. I personally think they will, but... They don't think so. They, they, they don't believe so. So, this makes sense. This makes a lot of sense. Now, what does this mean for big-budget studio movies? Because here's the thing. As much as I love independent features, I love independent movies, um, stories of how these smaller, low-budget independent features get made, I'm also a really big fan of big-budget studio movies. Stuff like Star Wars, Avengers, um, the DC movies, um, the Disney live-action remakes. I love these big-budget studio movies. Um... What happens to those movies if VOD is going to be like the next wave of how we watch movies now? I mean, for independent movies, it works. Because you can recuperate. Like, let's say if you if someone made a movie for like, I don't know, $20,000, you know? They can easily earn that money back through VOD. Easily earn that money back to VOD. You know? But a movie like Mulan, which has like close to a two, like over $200 million budget, it's going, it's gonna, it's gonna lose a lot of money. You know? Does this mean we'll see Star Wars go to Disney Plus? Like, if, if a Star Wars movie comes out, do you think we'll see it on Disney Plus? Or will, or will Marvel push, put Black Widow onto Disney Plus? Like, you never know. Like, it just... That kind of feels like the situation. Um, and, unfortunately, I feel like if we don't get our act together and actually be smart and just do what the law tells us to do um, and take as many precautions as we can, I think they'll open up movie theaters again and we won't have to deal with this anymore. You know? But... Unfortunately, because people are still kind of being dumb about this whole thing and not taking precautions and saying, oh, it won't happen to me, they are the reason why we aren't getting movie theaters open. They're the reason why movies like Mulan are going to go on, on Disney Plus for $29.99, you know, which you can go see the movie in theaters for only 10 bucks. 10, 13 bucks, you know, so I, I don't know, it's just, it is what it is, but anyway, Mulan is going to get a Disney Plus streaming service, uh, am I going to watch it, I don't know, I don't know, it, I don't know if I want to pay that $29.99 charge, that's the thing that's keeping me away, like, that's the thing I think is going to keep a lot of people away from it, is, and if you do pay for it, do you get to keep it on Disney Plus? Like, do you get to keep it? Or is it just like a two-day rental? You know? 
That's the thing. That's the thing I have. Because if it's just a two-day rental, then it's really overpriced. It's very overpriced. Like, cause I bought, I rented, a, I rented Scoob, for I think it was twenty-four ninety-nine. And first of all, Scoob is a horrible movie to begin with. But even that, I thought was a little bit overpriced, honestly. Um, but this has come from someone who's super cheap when it comes to purchasing movies. Um, this is coming from somebody who still buys movies from the $5 bin at Walmart. Um, but, yeah, no, that's 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 the question I have is if you buy it on Disney+, Plus, do you keep it or is it a two-day rental? You know, and will it at some point be able to watch for free on Disney+. Plus. Is it going to be available... For, how long is it going to be available for rent to rent for? Or is it just always going to be there for a rental and not to watch it for free? You know? That's kind of... Those are some of the concerns I... Those are some of the questions I have. Um, and I kind of do wish that um, Disney would have come out and been a little bit more specific instead of just saying... Twenty nine ninety nine premium VOD. Okay, but I, there's so many questions that rise with this whole thing. You know, there's so many questions that rise with this whole thing. But um, it will be available on Disney Plus on I believe it's September fourth. Will be when the uh, when Mulan will be available to uh, to to purchase. So, all right, let's move on to the next movie news topic. And the third and final movie news topic is this. Uh, Candyman reboot director Nia DaCosta will direct Captain Marvel 2. Um, I, I hope that's how I pronounced her name. I'm, I, I'm sorry if, if she's listening to this. She's probably not listening to this. But if she is, I'm sorry for butchering her last name. If I did, I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Candyman reboot director, uh, has been attached to take over directing duties from Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden. Um, not only is she, uh, she is another female director, um, and I believe, and, uh, I looked up her filmography, and she's only directed, like, I believe one movie before, like, she's only directed short films, and then directed Candyman, which is, at least that, that's what I think what her, let me look this up again, um, because I would like to know how many movies this this uh, person has. Um... Okay, so Nia DaCosta. All right, so she directed uh, a short film called Night and Day. Then she directed uh, a a little movie, a small independent movie called Little Woods. And then directed uh, uh, a couple episodes of a TV series called Top Boy, which I've never heard of. Uh, and then she directed a Candyman short, which got her the job for Candyman. Um, so, and now she's going to direct Captain Marvel 2. So she's directed a couple movies. Obviously, I have not seen Candyman. And I've not seen Little uh, Little Woods. I think 
it's what the other one's called. I can't even remember. I just looked it up and now I can't remember. Um, but I haven't seen anything this this person has done. Um, I am intrigued by this choice. Um, I've seen the trailers for Candyman, and it looks interesting. It looks pretty cool. Um, but I really do have to see that movie before I say, oh, she's the perfect fit for a Captain Marvel 2. You know, she's the perfect fit to direct Captain Marvel 2. Um, I think that, um, I think that Kevin Feige knows what he's doing when he's hiring uh, a director. Um, because I remember, um, thinking about this interview I saw with him where he was talking about how on his process of hiring directors. And he was talking about hiring James Gunn for Guardians of the Galaxy. And he said, um, it was less about them being, being big temple movies and more about them being awesome. You know? Um, Kevin Feige is the type of guy who's going to hire the director who he thinks can deliver something great, you know, and if he, now look, I don't know if he hired her because of Candyman, or if he hired her because of her other movies, I just don't know, but all I know is that if he saw a movie from this person, from this girl, and thought, you know, she could be a fit for Captain Marvel, then I say give her a shot, you know, because, look, when I heard that the the directors of episodes of Community and Arrested Development, when I heard those two guys were going to direct the next Captain America movie, I was like, you've got to be kidding me, guys who directed TV shows, this is going to be stupid. Saw Captain America the Winter Soldier, I was wrong. Saw Captain America Civil War, proven wrong again. Infinity War, proven wrong. Endgame, proven wrong. You know? Um, or, going back to James Gunn. You're getting the director of Slither and Super. How's this going to work? And James Gunn proves you wrong with Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. You know, or um, trying to remember who else. Oh, the guy who wrote Firefly and Serenity for the Avengers. How's that gonna work? And you know what? It ended up working out perfectly, actually. You know, um, so I think for for me, in my opinion, if you are going to, um, if you're in charge of Marvel and you're gonna hire a director, hire. Hire whoever you think is the best fit for the movie you're, you want, for the direction of the movie you want to take. I'm pretty sure that they want to take Captain Marvel in a completely different direction because I think they need to because I thought her first movie was a big pile of crap. Um, and I just, I think, I think the, the character of Captain Marvel could use a new direction. Because I think, unfortunately, what they did with her, what they did with the first movie was basically make it one big giant, um, and look, I don't really like to 
I'm just going to say it, okay? They put their... Now, if you want to make a movie about female-led superheroes, I don't mind. You know, Wonder Woman was awesome. <laughs> and that had a that actually did have a bit of a feminist message in it. Unfortunately, Captain Marvel thought it'd be really interesting to put their feminist message over their story, and they made a movie that was just such a jumbled mess, you know? It just never, you know, moved in the right... It never was... It never flowed together in a nice and cohesive way, you know? Um, now I know what you all are going to say. Oh, Bazik, you liked it when you first saw it. Yeah, when I first saw it, and then I saw it again, and I realized... Hmm. This really isn't that good. <laughs> but I didn't love it when I first saw it. I thought it was good. I thought it was a very good movie. But I I didn't love it. I liked it, you know. But now that I look back on it, and I have I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Haven't watched it since I saw it the second time in theaters. Have never felt the urge to go back and rewatch this. Uh, rewatch the first Captain Marvel movie. Because it is just such a jumbled mess. You know, you want to have a, a a feminist message in your um, in your movie or TV show. Go right on ahead. I'm not going to stop you. That's what art is supposed to be. Art is supposed to be kind of like teaching us lessons on the real world. That's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a not just a place where we can escape to, but it's also supposed to be a place where we where we kind of can see our our ideologies and stuff like that. We can see that on screen. But I think Captain Marvel failed to realize that oh, what people also care about is a good story, not just a a girl power message, you know. Um, I know that's really unpopular to say, and I know a lot of people are gonna be like, "Oh, well, he he's 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 being, you know, he's just not, he doesn't care about female-led super." Again, no, I I am all for it. In fact, I want more female-led superhero movies. I want a freaking female Avengers movie. I want to see that movie. You know, um, I want to see. I want to see I want to see like five more Wonder Woman movies, you know, all directed by Patty Jenkins. Um but I'm just saying you know, I want movies I want these I want these female-led superhero movies to kind of follow what Wonder Woman did and come up with a good story and then not subtle, not hide your your message. I'm not saying that, but kind of like sprinkle it in there a couple times throughout the movie, you know. But what Captain Marvel did was it just crammed it in your face so much, including when there's there's a scene in that movie where she, she's fighting all these guys and they're playing the song. Um, what's it called? I can't remember what it's called, but it's like something like I'm just a girl or something. But it's it's just like we get it. We get what you're doing. Just come on. Just pick the movie back up. Like the movie is just, you know, and there's a lot wrong. There's a lot else wrong with Captain Marvel, too. 
I just don't like the character. I don't like her. I think she is completely underwritten, underdeveloped. Um, so, yeah. But, I will say this. I am intrigued. Nia DaCosta, I hope she puts together a great Captain Marvel movie. Um, I I do want to see Candyman before I um, end up watching... Um, before I end up watching Captain Marvel 2 or any of her other movies. Because I do want to see what type of a director she is. And if she could bring that tone to uh, a Captain Marvel 2. Who knows. But for me, in my opinion, I am really, really excited for this. Um, plus the fact that, we're, that the Marvel Universe is going to be putting more female directors in charge of these movies. Is really exciting. Like, really exciting. You know, um... So, yeah. Alright. Uh, before we get on with the Q&A questions, let's talk about... Um, let's go ahead and talk about... Uh, review something this week. And we're actually going to review the first episode of a TV show. Um, Umbrella Academy Season 2 has dropped. I only have watched the first episode. Um, this episode was a, interest, was a very good way to start off Season 2. Didn't love it, but I thought it was a good way to start off Season 2. Had a couple of issues with it, um, but they involved spoilers. And I don't want to spoil anything for you guys in case you haven't seen it. Um, um, but I really enjoyed this first episode. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was really exciting. Um, I just love these characters. One thing I felt like season one did perfectly was give us these characters who I can relate with and understand their their issues, um, and I think, uh, and I think this movie continues that even more. These characters are just so likable. I mean, they're a holes, but they are the most likable. They're the most likable a holes ever, you know. And I like that. Um, I like it when some when movies or television can make me like people who are jerks. I like that. I think they're I think it's really cool. Um but yeah. I I really liked it. Um very short review, but I'm going to go ahead and give it like an 8 out of 10. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. So All right, guys. Uh, now is that time of the show where we are going to move on to the Q&A questions. But before we do that, we are going to take a quick commercial break. So sit back, guys, relax, and uh, we will be right back. What is up, guys? It is me, Zeke the Geek here, and I am the host of the best podcast on you on the internet called the Zeke Said So Show. If you are a fan of the Zeke Said So YouTube channel, then go to the Zeke Said So Show where we talk about movies, video games, comic books, uh, you know, anything, anything and everything. We talk, we talk about it. I'm joined by uh, some guests, including the including Robert the Ghost Rider Martinez and that one kid, or. Whoever want, whoever else wants to be on my podcast, they are welcome to join. I am joined by one guest, or sometimes it will just be me by myself. And you, and you guys get to join us as I take your questions. After I talk about three movie news topics, we're talking about all things nerd stuff, nerd-related and geek-related. So if you are a fan of movies, television, video games, and comic books, and much, much more... 
go go start listening to the Zeke Said So show on Anchor, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. That is where it can be found. Zeke Said So show, Anchor podcast. Go check it out. If you are a fan of the Zeke Said So YouTube channel, Zeke Said So show podcast, you can go to my Patreon account and subscribe and support that channel. We have plenty of tiers that are perfect for your benefits. We have the $2 tier where you can donate, where if you donate $2, get your, you get a shout out right here on, on my YouTube channel. I do that for you guys. Or you can go to the $5 tier where you will get film commentaries. That's where I will watch a movie. You guys watch along with me and I'll just kind of talk about my thoughts throughout the movie. Kind of like how all friends do it when you sit down with a group of friends watching a movie together. You guys like to talk about it uh, amongst each other. And then you have the $10 tier, which is you get to request a movie that I get to review on a Throwback Thursday podcast that I do that week. So request you get to do a request for any movie that I can review on Throwback Thursday or any of or my Zeke Sensual podcast, anything. I will talk about it. If you donate to that tier, but if you guys can't donate to the Patreon, that is completely okay. I'm not mad at you. You still watch the channel. You're still supporting me on that level by watching the channel anyway. But if you're interested in really supporting the channel, if you're interested in getting a shout out, checking out some film commentaries and requesting a movie review, go to my Patreon link in the description below and get your take of the Zeke Said So channel. Throwback Thursday is better than ever. If you go to the podcast feed on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast, you can go support Throwback Thursday. Starting on January 9th, you will get more Throwback Thursdays, starting with my review for Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, and we're going to be reviewing all types of movies, whether they came out in in the 20s or whether they came out last year whether they came out the year before that whenever they came out before now we are going to review those movies for you guys so if you're interested go check out the throwback thursday on the podcast feed on the zeke said so podcast feed go check it out and let's go back to well the past And we are back with a brand new with the brand new episode of the Zeke Said So Show. Uh, let me put in both of my earphones so I can. There we go. All right, now we are going to get started here, uh, and we're gonna just answer your guys' Q and A questions. So if you guys want to send in a Q and A question, it's very simple. You just send them into Instagram or Twitter or the YouTube comment section, and I will answer it right here on the show. So let's answer some questions. Uh, all right. Top five favorite animated movies of all time. Um, hmm, that's a very interesting question. I, cause I love animated movies. They're my, it's my favorite type of genre. It's my favorite type of, it's, I think, I think it is some of my favorite genre in film. Um, art, you know, well, style of filmmaking, which is animation. Um, I have a very deep passion for animation. Um, but I have I have a I I do have a top five so at number five I have um, uh, Chicken Run the Ardman animated film Chicken Run I think that movie's fantastic it's um, actually no take Chicken Run Run off the list number five I have The Lion King um, 
love the Lion King. I think it's fantastic. I think it is uh, honestly one of the greatest Disney animated films ever. It's my second favorite. Um, Tarzan. Mm. Wow, I'm already contradicting my own top five animated films list. You know what, I'm going to go ahead and say number five is Tarzan. Since Tarzan is my favorite Disney animated movie of all time, um, I'll go ahead and say Tarzan is my number five. Love that movie. I think the soundtrack is amazing. But I also think the story is incredible. Um, but one of the things that I love about that movie is that um, the the movie is not afraid to have a moment where characters are just sitting in silence. Like, there's an entire scene in Tarzan where um, Tarzan goes and visits, like, the place where he was found at, like, the treehouse, and sees, like, this, and there's, like, no dialogue in the whole thing as he's looking around this place until he finds the picture, and then he asks if that's his, uh, his mother and father, you know? Um, such a beautiful moment, but I, I love the, I love that movie. Number four, um... Number four, I actually have Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbits. Um, this, that movie is just amazing. Um, Wallace and Gromit are two of my favorite animated characters of all time. They inspired uh, my very first creation, uh, my very first idea that I had for a series of short stories that I did. Um, but I love Wallace and Gromit. I think they're fantastic. And I will say this, if I had a dog right now, I would name him Gromit. I'm I'm not even joking. I would name my dog Gromit. Um, at number three, I have Toy Story Two. Toy Story Two, I think, is so tragically, like, underrated. Um, not in the fact that people hate it. Like, there are some people who don't like it, but it's got a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So there that goes. But it's a movie that not a lot of people talk about, as far as just a great sequel. Um, Toy Story 2 is definitely, like, in my top 10 favorite movies of all time, um, which, you know, we'll talk about it next week for the five-year spectacular, but I love it. I, I think Toy Story 2 is phenomenal. I think it's just, um, it's a masterpiece. I don't even care. Um, at number three, I, uh, at number two, sorry, number two, I have Finding Nemo. At one point, Finding Nemo was my favorite animated movie of all time. Um, not just my favorite Pixar movie of all time, but my favorite animated movie, period. I think Finding Nemo is such a mature Pixar movie. It was one of those Pixar movies that when it came out, people were watching it on a loop. And come on, you know, who didn't try to do their impression of the the... What what are they called? Seagulls? Yeah, I think there's... I don't know. But the whole... Mine, 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 mine. <laughs> Who didn't try and repeat that over and over and over and over again? I know I did. Um, but yeah, I, I love that movie. Um, uh, by the way, Ellen DeGeneres. She's in a lot of trouble. <laughs> um... Uh, but now getting into number one, obviously you guys know what number one is. If you've been following my podcast for 
If you've been following me for any period of time since 2018 when this movie came out, you guys know that this is my favorite animated movie of all time. It's Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. I mean, come on. Like this is this is to me the gold standard of what animated mo- of what I want animated movies to be. I want animated movies to be more like this. Movies that don't just play it safe. It takes risk, it takes chances. It goes for those really mature themes. It actually um I think honestly the character of Spider-Man works better as an animated in animated form than he does in live action because I think you can get away with a lot more um you can get away with a lot more uh uh you know physical inconsistencies like like it you can get away with him doing some crazy moves swinging. Like, um, this isn't the, I'm not talking about Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse, but the, the spectacular Spider-Man TV series, there's an episode. It's like the first episode of the show where he's chasing down Vulture and he's swinging in front of him, but he's swinging backwards, you know? And that's like, you can get away with that in an animated movie, but in a live action sense, you can't get away with it because that's just, that would be, you would, an audience member would go, wait a minute, how would you do that? Dude, you can't do that. <laughs> um, but in animated form, you can get away with that. And I think Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse utilizes a lot of crazy movements for the Spider-Man character. But it's not just the animation that's beautiful. It's also the story. Just the the incredible story and the characters make this movie great. Make this movie what it is. And I mentioned it in my review. Um, if you want to get my full in-depth thoughts on Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse, go, definitely go check out that review. It's on the podcast feed right now. But I remember... The movie definitely has like kind of like a um, uh, personal connection to me. As far as that scene where um, Miles' dad is talking with him. And he talks about how uh, sometimes people drift apart. And I don't want that. I mean, spoiler alert for the movie. There's a scene where he says, sometimes people drift apart. And I don't want that to happen to us. And then he just starts going on about how he's always been proud of him. And he's always felt like he can like. The reason why he pushes him is because he knows he can do it. And I think we've all been there. You know, I think we've all been in Miles Morales' situation where we felt like our parents were just too pushing on us. Um, but you realize that they're only doing it because they have confidence that you're going to do great things in life. You know, um, I think everyone has been there and everyone can relate to that issue. Um, I know I relate to it, and that's why that moment makes me cry every time I see it. It it brings the tears out of me, like, legitimately. And I even, when I was talking about it on Throwback Thursday, I started getting a little bit choked up about it because it was just, uh, um, yeah, it was, it's awesome. And I'm getting choked up just thinking about it now. (laughs) Um, but, yeah, no, um, number five, I got Tarzan. Number four, I have Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbits. Uh, number... Three, I have Toy Story 2. Number 2, I have Finding Nemo. And number 1, I have um, uh, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. There we go. Um, now, I know what a lot of you are thinking. What about Lion King? What about Chicken Run? What about um, all these other movies? 
those are definitely in my top ten, but they they're not they're not in my top five, um, because the top five for me are just up there as far as to me masterpieces, um, <laughs> um, and those are the f- and the way I rank my favorite movies or favorite animated movies or anything, I try to look at the movies that inspired me as a uh, director, storyteller, whatever. Um, and these five movies that are on my top five animated movies list, um, are the ones that inspired my love for animation. They, you know, especially Wallace and Gromit and Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse and, uh, Finding Nemo and Toy Story 2. Um, those movies especially were very critical to, uh, my love for, for, for not just animated movies, but for film in general. Um, so... So there that goes. Um, all right. Um, the next question here is a bug's life or ants? I'm going to go with a bug's life. I, I really do love ants. I think it's great. I think it's one of DreamWorks' best movies. But I think a bug's life is just more fun than ants. I think I can watch a bug's life and have a little bit more fun with it. Um, and, uh,. <laughs> you're fired <laughs> that's that's awesome um i love that movie i just i love that movie um by the way kevin spacey the guy did some bad stuff um and john lasseter who directed that movie guy did some bad things <laughs> um that's the only thing that's about that that sucks about a bug's life is that there's two people who have recently gotten in trouble for things that they shouldn't have done um but uh but you know what i still lo- it doesn't tarnish my love for a bug's life cuz i still really do love that movie um not a perfect movie i do have a couple of issues with it but I, it's honestly one of my favorite pixar movies like i i really love it a lot so uh favorite tom hardy performance um hmm very entertaining as bane very entertaining as eddie brock um but if I had to pick a favorite, I'd probably go with um, his role in uh, the movie Warrior. I think he's great in Warrior. Um, I, yeah, that movie's just amazing. Like, if you guys haven't seen Warrior, get on that, like, immediately. That movie's just awesome. Um and Tom Hardy is fantastic in that movie, but he's also good in a lot of other movies too. He's he was in um, Locke, um, very great performance because that movie kind of relies on his performance. Uh, Bronson, um, what else has he? Oh, he he had a small role in uh, Inception, Christopher Nolan's Inception. And I thought he was actually really good in that movie. Uh, I liked his role in Inception. Um, and was he in Dunkirk? I can't remember. <sighs> was he in the movie Dunkirk? I thought he was. Hold on. Now you got to look this up. Tom Hardy movies. Oh, I forgot he was in Mad Max. Um, oh, yeah, he's good in The Revenant. Um, uh, okay, yeah, he was in Dunkirk. Okay. Um, I still have not seen Capone. Um, I still haven't seen it yet. 
Um, but I actually kind of want to. Um, but, yeah. Um, I forgot he was in Mad Max Fury Road. Um, I don't... I don't really like Mad Max Fury Road, so, um, but I think he's very entertaining in Venom and Dark Knight Rises, um, you know what, as far as the, oh, no, I'm still gonna go with Warrior as my favorite performance, because I loved him in The Revenant, but, you know, I kind of forgot he was in The Revenant, so, I, I think that should say a lot about his performance when I forgot he was even in that movie. Um but uh I I love War I love a I love a lot of his performance. I think he's a great actor. Uh favorite character in Knives Out. Oh, that's a good one. Cause I love all the characters in Knives Out. You know who's a very underrated character? Um Dang it, now I gotta why do I always close Google? Uh, I gotta look him up. Um, what's his name? No. Um, there's a great character in Knives Out, played by uh, one of uh Ryan Johnson's like acting uh. Uh, one of uh, Ryan Johnson's uh, uh, mainstay actors that he always brings back for at least one movie he's in. Um, let's see. Uh, he plays Trooper Wagner in uh, Knives Out, and he is so great. There's like a great moment in uh, in Knives Out where it's towards the end of the movie. Um, and I won't give specifics on what happens in it, but basically Benoit Blanc is basically trying to break down the case and <laughs> you hear, uh, Lakeith Stanfield's character, um, say, okay, I, I get what you're saying, but, and then all of a sudden Trooper Wagner just, it cuts to him and he just goes, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> I love that. I think, I think that's fantastic. And I think, uh, he's real, I think he's an underrated character. Um, um, but I like Trooper Wagner. Now I gotta see, um, just to be fair, I won't say Daniel Craig's character or Anna de Armas's character. Um, actually, another character that I actually really like is, um, uh, Michael Shannon's character, uh, Walt. There's a really great moment in the movie where, um, the family is arguing. It's a great scene. I mean, minor, minor spoilers, but it was shown in the trailer. Um, <laughs> Chris uh, Chris Evans. I almost called him Chris Pratt. Uh, Chris Evans is sitting there in the uh, in the room, and he's he's telling everybody. He's telling everybody. He goes, "Eat shit, eat shit, eat shit. Definitely eat shit, eat shit. You all eat shit." And then all of a sudden, uh, Michael Shannon, you just hear him in the back going, "I'm not eating one iota of shit." <laughs> and then there's um, 
<laughs> Maybe Harlan left you a cold glass of milk in his will, asshole. <laughs> He's so great. Um, I think I think Michael Shannon plays him really great. Um, so I think those are the two for me. Are um, uh, Trooper Wagner and Walt. I think those two are great. All right. Uh, next question here. Uh, it Chapter 1 or It Chapter 2? I'm going to go with It Chapter 1. Um, I did not really like It Chapter 2. Um, I thought it was kind of bad, to be honest with you. Um, honestly, last year wasn't a great year for horror movies. At least in my opinion, it just wasn't a great year. We did have Us. We had Midsummer, But then you had movies like The Curse of La Llorona. Then you had It Chapter 2. Um... Annabelle comes home. Just a lot of really bad movies, bad horror movies last year. Um, but again, it chapter one I thought was just amazing, and it was one of the best movies of that year for me. Um, I love it chapter one, and I'll watch it. I watch it. Who I watch it every year around Halloween time. I try to at least. So, all right. Uh, should do you think Disney should make a Frozen three? Absolutely not. I don't like the first Frozen movie. I thought it was. I think it's one of the most overrated movies ever. Um, not just Disney movies, but just movies in general. I think it's completely overrated. I think people just. Uh, I think it's. I think a lot of people just say it's good just because. Oh Willie, it, it 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 you know it it takes shots at the Disney at the typical Disney formula. You know, because there's like one, there's like a couple moments where characters will acknowledge, oh, you can't marry a guy you just met, which I will agree is very, you know, like self-aware. But I thought Emperor's New Groove did that better. I thought Emperor's New Groove did that way better at kind of poking fun at the Disney formula. And I feel like Frozen was just trying to, I don't know. I, I didn't really like the first Frozen movie. Um, I, um, um, Frozen 2 I thought was an absolute abysmal of a movie. Um, I did like the, the music in Frozen 2 a lot better than the first one. Um, I loved it. <laughs> I know a lot of people did it. I love the 80s ballad in Frozen 2. I thought it was so freaking hilarious. In fact, the other day, um, I turned on Frozen 2 and skipped it to that part and just watched that song. Because I loved the 80s ballad. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> because it's so out of place. But it's so funny. Like, it's so awesome. I love that. Um... Because I, I listen to a lot of movies that sound like... I listen to a lot of um, 80s ballads. You know, I do. Um, Alright. Uh, rank the Skywalker Saga. I did... So, I actually... Funny thing is, I actually sent my rankings to uh, my friend Robert... Uh, the Ghost Rider Martinez. And I'm actually going to take a look here and uh, read out my rankings. So, um, I'm going to start from worst to best, Okay. Uh, number nine, I have uh, Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. 
Uh, it's one of my least favorite movies of all time, and I think it's one of the worst movies ever made, honestly. Um, at number eight, we have Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. A movie that felt the need to retcon every single thing in the previous movie um, because, oh, fans didn't like it. J.J. Uh, Abrams um, made a safe, boring movie that just felt like um oh yeah we're just gonna give fans what they wanted from we're, we're just gonna give fans what they wanted because it we're not gonna focus on telling a a unique and different story we're just gonna give fans exactly what they wanted you want ray to be from a specific lineage there you go she's a palpatine you want uh oh Gosh, you want Kylo Ren and Rey to kiss? There you go. You got it. You know, it's just, it was ridiculous. It was so, honestly, like, I remember watching it for the first time thinking, why is this the movie that, why is this the direction that this movie's taking? You know? Um, and I feel like with episode 7 and 8, you can kind of see where they're going. You can kind of see the direction that they're going in. But then once you get to episode 9, you start to see, oh, they never had a plan from the beginning. They never had a plan from the beginning. They just kind of did whatever they wanted. You know? Now, if the sequel trilogy was a standalone trilogy that had nothing to do with the the rest of the saga, then I think I would think they were... Um, I would think all three of them are great. But the problem is, they're so connected to the Skywalker saga that um, a lot. I think that's why a lot of people hated the sequel trilogy. is because um, it was so connected to the Skywalker saga. And if it wasn't connected to the Skywalker saga, I feel like people would have liked it a lot more, honestly. Uh, because each movie doesn't feel joined together. They don't feel connected. They feel like their own separate standalone movies um now we'll talk about it i actually do like the first two movies in the sequel trilogy so there that goes um but coming in at uh but number eight is the rise of skywalker uh number seven i have star wars the phantom menace um now the reason why i would say this movie is better than attack of clones and the rise of skywalker is because i'm gonna be honest i can watch this movie i can watch phantom menace and i could find something to enjoy in it the darth maul fight at the end is awesome um the 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 pod race is awesome the opening scene with qui-gon and obi-wan uh you know taking out all those droids is awesome i think my problem with phantom menace comes from the fact that the first, like, five minutes are so entertaining, but then, like, there's a huge chunk of the movie where nothing happens, and then the final action scene is so great, you know? Um, I think that's my only... That's my biggest problem with uh, Star Wars um, The Phantom Menace. Um, but honestly, I will tell you this. It was my introduction to Star Wars. This was the first Star Wars movie I'd ever seen, um, and I... I... I actually can watch it and out of pure nostalgia and see i i know it's not a it's not a good movie definitely not a good movie but i can watch it 
now and go, yeah, I, I remember. I remember all this. And just kind of smile at it a little bit because I remember watching it so much as a kid. So, you know. Um, but at number six, I have uh, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. I think Revenge of the Sith is a great movie. I don't even care. It's a great, great movie. Um, there are days where I do put it above my number five pick, which I'll get into. Um, but I love Revenge of the Sith. I think it is the best movie in the prequel trilogy. Um, I think it's the closest to a Star Wars movie we ever got in the prequel trilogy. Because I feel like Episode One kind of felt like a Star Wars movie. But then Episode 2 really didn't feel like a Star Wars movie. Um, and Revenge of the Sith felt close, was the closest one we got to feeling like Star Wars. You know... Um, and come on, the Order 66 scene is awesome. Execute Order 66. Um, but yeah, uh, I love Revenge of the Sith. Um, so that is number six. At number five, I have Return of the Jedi. Um, at one point, this was my favorite Star Wars movie of all time. Um, I love this movie. Uh, I I have issues with it. It's not perfect, but I do still love this movie. Um, at number four, I have The Force Awakens. Uh, at one point, this was my second favorite Star Wars movie of all time. I'll get into what my second favorite Star Wars movie is in a little bit, which is going to be very controversial. I'll tell you that right now. Um, then we have number three. We got Star Wars A New Hope, or just for fans of the originals, Star Wars, um, the original. Uh, I love, but I always knew it as A New Hope, so I'm going to refer to it as that. Um, I've always, I love A New Hope. I think... Honestly, I remember watching it when I was little thinking it was my least favorite in the Star in the original trilogy. But honestly, the more I watch it, the more I just think it's a great movie. It's such a great movie. It's got issues. There's the the lightsaber fight is kind of doesn't hold up that well. But I and I'm not even comparing it to the prequels. I'm comparing it to the fight in Empire Strikes Back and then the fight in Return of the Jedi. Um, I think, I, I definitely do think it holds up better than, uh, I think, I do think those two fights hold up better than the fight in A New Hope. Um, but at number two, this is the controversial one, I've got The Last Jedi. I love Star Wars The Last Jedi. I know a lot of people don't. I know a lot of people don't. I know people think it's horrible. But you know what? I say... Here's the thing, okay? Some people are going to say this is a slap in the face to Star Wars. I tell them to back the fuck off, okay? This movie's great. It's not a disaster. It's not perfect. I'm not saying it's a perfect masterpiece. Um, I think if you took out the Finn and Rose stuff... And then pose mutiny. If you took those out of the movie, this movie would basically be perfection. But because of those two things, I do kind of have to bring the movie down just a little bit. Because even I, a fan of this movie, is like, yeah, that's pretty stupid. Um, but I love The Last Jedi. I don't care. I think it's great. I think what they do with Luke, Ray, Ben, and Snoke is perfect. Um... And I just love how ballsy it is. It doesn't play it safe. 
one of the reasons why I hated Rise of Skywalker was that it just played it safe. It never once thought, oh, we're going to, we are going to, we're not, we're going to, it never once said, oh, we're going to try something different. We're going to do some new and ballsy things. But Last Jedi did. Last Jedi actually went for it as far as risk goes. Did all of them pay off? No, absolutely not. A lot of them didn't pay off. Example, the Finn and Rose stuff I think is stupid, and the Pose Mutiny I think is stupid. And I think the humor in the movie, for the most part, is pretty bad. The The humor in The Last Jedi, for the most part, is pretty bad. But I still love the movie. I think it's awesome. I think it's really, really, really good. Um, but... It does not beat my number one favorite, and obviously number one is The Empire Strikes Back. Um, this That movie is just pure perfection. It's not even just a perfect sequel. It's also just a perfect movie in general, you know? So, yeah. Um, but uh, going back to my rankings one more time, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ha- I have uh, Star, Wars, uh, Star Wars Attack of the Clones, The Rise of Skywalker, Phantom Menace, uh, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens, A New Hope, The Last Jedi, and The Empire Strikes Back at number one. Uh, and yeah, so those are my rankings from worst to best. And uh, yeah, I know there's going to be a lot of people who are going to unsubscribe now because of uh, my thoughts on The Last Jedi. But I'm here to be honest with you guys. And in, in my honest opinion... Last Jedi is awesome. <laughs> so, rank the Rocky movies, not including Creed 1 or 2. Oh, boy. Um, Rocky 5 is obviously the worst one. Then I have Rocky 2. Rocky 3 at number 4. Um, hmm, Rocky Balboa at number three, wait, hang on a second, I think I just screwed up the rankings, dang it, hmm, I'm just gonna give you my top three, because I can't think of all the Rocky movies right now. Um, I have the first Rocky movie is great, Rocky Four, and then Rocky Balboa. Um, I, I actually really do love Rocky Balboa. I think it's awesome. I, I think it's got one of my favorite moments in movie history, which is uh, Sylvester Stallone's speech. Uh, it ain't about how hard you get hit, but it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Um, yeah, I love. I, I love that moment. Um, I think it's awesome. So motivational too. Like that's a speech you listen to if you're going through life and you're just like, you know, life is pretty hard. And then you just listen to it and you're just like, yes, I love you, Sylvester Stallone. Um, but yeah, those. The, I'll I'll just say those three. Um, okay, what movie would you remake? I would remake, and I think this would work today. And I mentioned this on an episode of the Zeke Setzel Show. I think this was on the Christmas special. But when but I mentioned that I would remake Jingle All the Way. The Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, Jingle All the Way. I think I would remake it. I think it could actually work today. 
you know. Um, now I know, but you know, people don't buy their stuff in the stores anymore. They go to Amazon. Honestly, I think it could work. I still think you could do something really interesting with it. Um, because there's a lot of really cheesy things in the original, and I think Jingle All the Way could benefit from a remake, um, uh, a, a much better movie than the original. Um, I love Jingle All the Way. I think it's a guilty, it's one of my guilty pleasures, but, uh, yeah, I really do like that movie. Um, and I would remake it. If, if, if I was given a chance to remake a movie, I would remake Jingle All the Way. Uh, have you seen the Percy Jackson movies and have you read the books as well? Thoughts on both. Um, I didn't really love the Percy Jackson movies. Um, and I, I'm going to be honest. I read the first two books and I lost interest. I don't even like the books. Um, I think to me, Percy Jackson, it's basically just a discount version of Harry Potter. Um, that's, that's just in my opinion. I know a lot, I know there are a lot of people who love those books. Um, and the concept of the books is awesome. Like, a modern day world with um greek mythology gods that's a cool concept but they just never went anywhere with them never once went anywhere with it you know and the movies never had that great fun adventure feel that i wanted you know um because i feel like the books are just so bland and so boring um, and I felt like the movies could have done something new and different and given us a fun adventure feel, but I feel like they were focused on trying to make the next Harry Potter rather than just being their own thing. Um, but anyway, that's just my thoughts on it. And the final question is favorite DC movie. Um, I'm assuming, I'm a, I'm just going to assume you mean all DC movies and not just, uh, uh, not just the DCEU movies. Um, as far as DC in general, The Dark Knight is the best movie DC has ever put out. I mean, it's the best comic book movie ever made. And it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Like, it's definitely in my top ten. Hell, top five, honestly. And it was a major influence on my life as a director. As someone who wants to be a director, it heavily influenced me. Um, and, oh gosh, I just love Dark Knight. I think it's so awesome. It just, the way that movie opens with the Joker kind of taking out all of his guys like a domino effect, and then it just ends with Batman kind of taking the blame for what Harvey Dent did. It It's awesome. It's perfection. All of it is just perfection. There's not a single problem I have with the Dark Knight. Not a single effing problem i have with the dark knight so all right that will do it for uh this episode of the zeke setso show thank you guys so much for uh listening and uh definitely go check out the brand new episode of throwback thursday up on the podcast feed right now there's also a brand new episode of the web slingers podcast and avatar the after show um on the podcast feed as well um and next week, guys, we're going to have a five-year spectacular. We're going to have the Zeke Said So show. It's going to be a five-year spectacular. So definitely go and check that out when you guys get the chance. And that will do it for me, guys. And I will talk to you guys later. Peace out.